From the Financial Times in London, I'm John Murray Brown and this is FT News. Saudi Arabia is planning its first international sovereign bond issue this year. This 15 billion sale has already generated so much interest from Asian investors that the kingdom is mulling a pipeline of further deals. The clamour for Saudi sovereign debt comes as record low interest rates in mature economies have prompted investors to pour money into developing markets at a record pace, overlooking the risks in some of the world's least stable economies. Here with me to discuss the Saudi bond sales are Simeon Kerr, our Gulf correspondent, and Elaine Moore, our capital markets correspondent. Simeon, first of all, what prompted Saudi Arabia to raise money in this way by selling government debt? Well, the collapse in oil prices 18 months ago has really hit the government finances very, very hard. They've been burning through their ample foreign exchange reserves, and they've also been borrowing locally from domestic financial institutions. However, that has caused a liquidity crisis within the kingdom. The non-oil sector has been hit hard by that. The decline in government spending because of a 20% budget deficit has also contributed to further pain in the private sector, especially construction, where we've seen awful scenes of manual labourers not paid for months on end and not being able to even eat. Now, this is causing a huge stain on the reputation of the kingdom. It's coming at the same time as they're fighting an expensive war in Yemen. And to broaden their financial firepower, they are looking for the first time in their history to raise sovereign debt from the Ministry of Finance. There has been the odd government-related bond, but this is the first time the Ministry of Finance goes out on itself to do a sort of international bond by itself. So that's really what's driving it. And they're hoping that this will create a benchmark for other financial institutions and companies in the kingdom to be able to go out and borrow after the sovereign. So that's really their strategy at the moment. And Elaine, how risky is Saudi debt considered to be? And how does it compare with other emerging market bonds? Well, as Simeon said, the reason that Saudi Arabia is considering borrowing is because the oil price has collapsed so significantly. And so as the oil price has gone down and as the government finances look worse, that makes it a less appealing credit. So that means that the risk of the credit increases. At the same time, you've had credit downgrades from the three largest credit rating agencies. But at the same time, we have to think that Saudi Arabia is still considered a single A credit. So it's still pretty high up there within the world of emerging market debt. So if you were to think about the sorts of rates that we might expect it to borrow at, people are talking anywhere between 3 and 4% to borrow for 10 years. If you were to compare that to the UK, our 10-year borrowing rate is 0.6%. So it's obviously it's a lot higher compared to developed markets. But within the emerging market world, that's actually a quite a low rate. So Argentina was borrowing money earlier this year. And to borrow for 10 years, it was paying more than 7%. So it's a high credit within the world of emerging markets. And why has there been such interest from Asia in particular, do you think? Yeah, this is a really interesting development within markets. This is really because Japan has cut its interest rates below zero. And what has happened as a result is that the yields within Japanese government bond markets have just fallen to these record lows. Out to 10-year maturities, they have negative interest rates. So if you were in Japan and you were looking at a negative rate on 10-year debt and then you were looking across at Saudi Arabia paying you up to 4%, that would look extremely attractive. And what we've seen in these recent issuances in the emerging markets is that demand from Asia has been so much higher than usual and we've had investors that would normally not participate showing huge amounts of interest. What that can mean for this sale is that we could see a record issuance from the government. So, Simeon, what's the kingdom's strategy for the economy and how do these bonds fit into that strategy? 
The economy is now very much in the hands of the young deputy crown prince Mohammed bin Salman, who has an ambitious, some would argue overly ambitious, reform strategy for the economy, trying to wean it off hydrocarbons, trying to bolster the private sector, and trying to create jobs for the legions of youth who are coming into the labour market. He has two strategies, one called Vision 2030, giving targets through to 2030, and the National Transformation Programme, which want to try and rebuild the economy in this more productive private sector driven image. It's a $72 billion plan, so it's going to cost a lot of money. They need to raise money in one respect for that. So the bond very much fits into that. But I think more importantly, it's about modernizing the financial management of the kingdom. They've created a debt management office. They have very little debt at the moment. Internationally, their debt overall is in single digits as a percentage of GDP. In the late 90s, the last time they had an oil crisis, domestic debt grew to 100% of GDP. So the IMF and others believe that they've got significant scope to continue to borrow from international markets. So I think they're going to use it to A, pay for all the things they need to pay for, but B, show that they're modernising themselves and that they're interacting with the global economy more. And so those two strategies will intertwine together with this bond programme. So for the Saudi economy, this is obviously a significant moment and for the bond market. So thank you both very much and we wait to see developments. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 